Yeah, here we are. We are live again at EPI, Edison Park Inn in Chicago. Half price pizzas on Wednesdays. If it sounds a little empty, it's because we're missing uh, Bill today. It's the Dave and Stewart Show. Stuart Allard, a good friend of ours, local comedian, writer, improviser. Welcome back to the show. You're our first repeat. How are you? Oh, great! Wonderful. Thank you. I think I think now officially we can say that you're um, you're a reoccurring character on the show, right? Ah, uh, you might say that. Yes. Well, today you're co-hosting, so thank you so much for filling in. Um, I mean, the way I figure, I've, if I get eight more hole punches, I get a free soft pretzel. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a free a free soft pretzel. Now, yeah. If I get five more, I get a medium soft drink. That's right. Now, do you prefer that? Do you prefer that uh, uh, soft pretzel with or without salt? With salt. With salt. With I salt. feel like salt is the incentive. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I see. For me, the big granules of salt, not a fan. I can't. I, I don't know what it is. Oh. Is that, is that weird? Um, I don't know. I guess maybe looking back at you know maybe twenty years ago and maybe like the first time I had like a like a super pretzel at Kmart. Uh, for me, it was just like like the first part of the soft of the soft pretzel I would eat, or super pretzel would be the part that had the most salt on it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I'll 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 pass on the salt, but I'll take the cup of cheese. I'm a fan of that for sure. All right. Yeah, I just did that actually at Six Flags this weekend. No, I don't remember. It was a concert. Maybe it was a concert a couple weeks ago. I don't know. You know, when you get older, things just days just start to blend together and events. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah, so we're here. We're at Edison Park Inn, 6715 North Olmsted. Gosh, I hope I remembered that right. In beautiful Eddie Park. Yeah, Edison Park. I think still, not just because I live here, I think it's the best neighborhood in Chicago, really. If you're going to be in the city, this is where you want to be. Take that, Avondale. Yeah, really, no <laughs> Avondale. So a lot of stuff's come up and a lot of stuff since you've been on the show. Um, one thing I'd love to get into, because I know it, it, it kind of affected both of us directly, is... Uh, I.O., closing its doors and moving. Uh, yeah, they're relocating to, I guess that's considered Lincoln Square, Lincoln yeah, Park. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Lincoln I mean, Square. It's, yeah. it's too far east to be considered Worker Park, and it's too far west to be considered Old Town. Right. It's um, the new locations like on Blackhawk and Kingsbury. Right, right. Now, that, there's some sentimental value to that building. There is. I mean, there's so much history. I mean, it may not be the original building that I.O. was right. in, but for the majority of its history, it was a third of a block down from Wrigley. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's got a lot of history for sure. Um, so it was. It, it's sad to see it go, but it's exciting, I'm sure, for everyone there to, to be a part of a new, a new era, I would, I would say. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's just... Um, I mean, I feel like I were aware it was kind of outgrew its space. Yeah, no, I think uh, so too. I mean, on one hand, I mean, that was the last place where Del Close ever taught. Right. But at the same time, the improv community has mushroomed so much in the last five, six years that there was just no way they could, they could sustain that. At you least know, that, that. That's an interesting point that, that you bring up is how, how the improv community has mushroomed so much. It's a great way to put it and 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 i wonder as a producer as as a producer of shows how how has that affected you i know you've had a couple runs do you think it 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 almost is so watered down where it's tough to draw a crowd or do you think there's so many performers and not enough 
people that that are interested in, in going to shows like IO packed them packed the house right and oh yeah Second City of course but mm-hmm. but as a producer like how many how many shows have you have you produced I, I, there was two that I know of right the House of Stewart and um well the first show I produced was called the Allard Program okay. with the British spelling P R O G R A M M E oh. <laughs> Why did you do that? With the left pinky up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, and then basically the same show, different venue, different night, called it House of Stewart. And I okay. did two of those. And I'd certainly like to do a third. Um, still in the early stages of planning, though. But that's going to be a, a tall task to plan, first of all. I mean, and, and, I mean, aside from finding a space, finding people, uh, a, a creative. I mean, I'm sure you have, you'd want like a flow to your to your show. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, hey, anybody that wants to perform, mm-hmm. you know, is it, th- how long does it take to plan a show like that? Um, good question. Um, I would say that it took about two months to organize the Allard program, uh, which ran back in October 2013. Um, but it's also a shorter show. Um, it was a 50-minute show. So we basically had three acts, and I also did like a little bit of written material. I was pretty much just kind of like hosting, and sure. uh, but at the same time, I feel like kind of compared to how the show has evolved, I feel like kind of the way that it went was a little simplistic. Um, I guess what has kind of changed over the course of the program is I feel like I have a more uh, assertive part in the show. Right. I mean, I'm not just hosting. I'm actually like, like creating original material for each show. Um, in the third show of my second run, or I, or I guess you would call it the first House of Stewart, um, I did a parody of a morning talk show. All right. Yes, it was called. Um, Is it like a Good Morning America kind of parody of that, or like? Um, well, it kind of basically like local morning news. Sure. I called it to get the fuck out of bed, Chicago. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, the second time around, we did it. We was called uh, Wake the Fuck Up, Chicago. Nice. It's not as much of a mouthful. Yeah, but I think it still gets the point across. Yes. <laughs> yes. And just kind of a parody of all the morning show tropes, you know, overly perky hosts. Oh, isn't it the worst? It's the mm-hmm. worst. Morning show, Cup of Joe or whatever. Those shows are the worst. And yeah, yeah exactly. And you're having like water. You're having water in a coffee mug over like some IKEA coffee table or something. Uh, and there's there's so many things to make fun of there. I mean, they always have the the paper, right? There's always a newspaper there. Yep, or we're talking about what we watched on TV last night. Right, right. It's always uh, celebrity gossip. Right. And imagine, I mean, just how bad it is. You know, if you're in your office and listening to guys in the water, over with the water cooler talking about last night's American Horror Story or what have right. you. Well, the, the thing I don't understand is, like, is there still a market for these shows? I mean, I think they just do it because everybody does it, but who gets their news from from the morning Joe? Nobody, I mean... I get my news from like Twitter and and online, and mm-hmm. half the time I get my news text like a text message or push notification. I think for a lot of broadcast TV channels, it's like time filler. I think so, yeah. Um, because you gotta look at the fact that daytime TV is not what it used to be. Right. There are only four soap operas left. Right. But the, you know, they they want to sell used to advertising. Be like what eight nine or something. Right. Yeah, there was a bunch, and it was like like one year the axe came down, and like a whole a whole bunch of them went away. I don't remember the names. Uh, of yeah, it was almost in one fell swoop. Yeah. I know that ABC canceled uh, One Life to Live and All My Children at the same time. NBC canceled all of theirs except for one. Right. 
that's that's when you're when you're parody, parodying a show like like a, a morning talk show. Mm-hmm. God, that just seems like a goldmine of stuff you can pick apart. That's true. Um, Where did the idea come from? Did you just like wake up one morning and, like this is ridiculous or? I felt like um, it was like there's a lot of genre parody and improv. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of exp- to explore there, and I felt like that was one terrain that really wasn't covered, you know, because there are a couple of, of shows. Like, there's one so I can see right now. There was one at IEO. I assume they're going to resume their run after they move into the new venue. In uh, That was like a parody of, like, a late-night talk show. Sure, sure. You know, so you had, like, the monologue. You had the guests. You know, you would have, like, some weird segment maybe with, like, kooky critters or maybe, like, a cooking segment <laughs> yeah, or you have some yeah. band playing. But why not a morning show? You know, it's like, why not a morning show at the absolute wrong time of day? Right. What if you're dealing with these overly perky people at 7.37 p.m. as opposed to 7.37 a.m.? Oh, my gosh. I would um, I would probably want to slit my wrist, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, first of all, who wakes up that perky, number one? Like, the people that are on that show, when the mm-hmm. camera's off, have to be absolutely miserable. Because... If they're at a show that starts at six in the morning, mm-hmm. they're probably up at three or four. That's right. You know, seems about right. And and to shift that to an evening show mm-hmm. would just be horrible. Nobody wakes up that perky. Nobody ends their day that perky. I think the drinking. secret the secret is amphetamines. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. It's like it's 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 one it's one of the. Notice how they never blink. That's that's. I've never really noticed that, but I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I I like the they they always have to be um, every every morning talk show or what have you they always have to be it's gonna be wholesome family fun yep because um, you're gonna have eight year olds that are awake and right. they're sugar fueled from eating their Lucky Charms which is great for selling ads mm-hmm. right I, no everybody will advertise because there are no you. weekday cartoons anymore right there's nothing it's offensive. like it's PBS and that's it right right so. Man, you could really have a field day with that. As an improviser, you can really, really go to town on that. <laughs> I mean, I grew up basically watching Bozo over breakfast. It you know what? Who didn't? Wasn't it the greatest? I don't. Maybe it doesn't hold up. I haven't gone back to watch it, but. Good question. I, I do know. I do recall that they tended to repeat a lot of material. Yeah. Yeah. Because you gotta figure it was a show that was produced five days a week. You know, there's only so much terrain you can cover when. You know, when you're trying to go for a, you know, a kid-friendly audience. Right. And, of course, you know, I would say the average audience will watch Bozo for maybe three or four years. Right, right. There'll be some turnover, maybe five years. So they could get away with, you know, it's, you know, rehashing some material. Right. I got to think that that show probably had to cost a little bit to produce, too. Um, I mean, for something that was locally produced, I would say so. Yeah. It was, I, I thought it was a fun show. I think it was one that... Uh, I don't know if your family is from from the area. Even if you're not, I think worldwide everybody knew Bozo at one point. Oh or another, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. But but, but the Chicago Bozo was the last one standing. Yeah, and and, and I think like my 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 mother watched Bozo when she was a kid. And it was mm-hmm. kind of like a passed down tradition almost. I think my mom was already in middle school when uh, the Chicago Bozo first arrived on the scene, like around whatever that was, sixty one or sixty two. Right. Uh, but I think, but my uncle was grade school age, so I think he grew up on Bozo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a great, what a great, what a what a great show. And then they replace it with 
like well in WGN I actually kind of liked I like their morning show I, I I like their news their morning news I think they they've got some characters on there that that entertain me more so than like the other networks but mm-hmm. but yeah then you replace it with like uh, Kelly and Michael like which when it was Regis and Kathy Lee was was probably a pioneer for its time but then everybody they have all the copycats right. Yeah, Good Morning yep. Chicago or whatever, right? Yeah, basically more like a like a national talk show where they actually get like eight like uh like yeah, a list guests. A list right? guests. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Not in Chicago. You're not going to get that. Nope. I'm surprised that they get people to show up to the to the tapings. Quite frankly. Um. True. True. It's it's like because I would imagine not a lot of people would want to stand on line you know have like a pup tent out or something like that you know well, waiting to see regis right well and, and the thing is is like for shows that were produced in chicago like oprah jerry springer those were nationally televised shows mm-hmm. right so i think richard bay was in chicago for yeah. a while too yeah i think so yeah. yeah so those are shows like hey i'm going to chicago i want to go see oprah mm-hmm. you know i want to go see jerry springer yep but but for like what is it? Wait, Good Morning Chicago or whatever the mm-hmm. the show is. I don't know the name of it. That tells you something. And I live here. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's like nobody sees it besides Chicagoans, to my knowledge. Right. Or, you know, immediate, maybe Indiana gets some of it. But like, It caters to a very regional audience. Yeah. And who's going to this show? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a small audience. They only get like 40 people. Maybe you can swing that. But mm-hmm. I got to think it's tough to put butts in seats for a show that's produced here and only seen here. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Good question. I've never <laughs> sat in the audience for any of those shows. Right? Well, like we went to New York, my wife and I, and we went to see Letterman. I mean, that's one you had like months in advance. You got to. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, 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 same thing for like the Tonight Show. You got months, months in advance. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, to see uh, Letterman live is still on my bucket list. And uh, I know that the window is slowly closing. It was it was it was kind of surreal. It was kind of because I've watched him since I was 13, I think, mm-hmm. probably when I first started getting into talk shows. And I always have a soft spot for him. I think I think everybody's kind of passed him up a little bit, mm-hmm. though. I think he's still the best one of the best interviewers in late night for oh, sure. Without question, even if the comedy material is. I would say not weak, but I, I would say at times, you know, hackneyed. Yeah, I. I I think it's hard to say. I'm not slamming Dave. I'm not slamming oh, yeah, these writers. Certainly. I mean, these are certainly. guys but far more talented than I'd me. I'd much rather watch Dave for the interviews. Right. I mean, if you have a choice between Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or Dave Letterman for a monologue, people our age are probably going to lean towards the other two mm-hmm. just because you're going to get maybe a more current perspective on mm-hmm. things. Um, but, boy, Dave's got some zingers. and. Great interviewer. One of the best, I think. I think. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, he's not going to go softball on you. No. I mean, if you're on Leno, I mean, of course he's going to kowtow to whoever's on the show. You know, it's, it's gonna, right. he's pretty much got his head up Halle Berry's ass the whole five minutes she's, she's on or the ten right. minutes or whatever. But Letterman, I mean, he wants to ask the questions everyone wants answered. Right. You know, I remember when he drove Paris Hilton to tears. Oh, wasn't it great? Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> you, you could also the, the one thing I love about Dave too is that you can tell when he's completely not interested in the guest I oh mean, yeah you can, you, yeah you can I mean tell. I felt like when that first time like Kristen Stewart was on back in like 2009 like he was just half awake during the whole thing yeah he's just not interested and 
He has a right to yeah, be not interested. Of course, I think Kristen Stewart was half awake too. Right. Well, she looks like she's half awake most of the time. Yes. But I mean, he's got a right to do that, right? He's put his time in. He can yeah. he can mail it in here and there, right? Yeah, it's like a couple of shows where he's off. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it a long time. And you're doing what four nights a week? You know, it's. I don't think he's doing five. I think he's doing four. Uh, during the summer, he does four shows a week. Right. So, but the the cool thing that you don't see when you go to see when you go to see him, and and, and I'm sure the other late night shows are the same, but he comes out and uh, well, first he had a comedian come out. And right, kind of it's usually like Eddie Brill or Bill Sheft or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was Eddie Brill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Um, I'm pretty sure. God, I don't remember. That, name, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, then it was Brill. Yeah. yeah. He came out, warmed up the crowd. Then Dave comes out, does a little crowd work. Uh, you know, he doesn't have his suit jacket on. He's just got his shirt and tie and mm-hmm. and uh, does some crowd work. And then, um, you know, he runs back. They start the show. Band kicks in and all that. Mm-hmm. But then he always, he, he does a callback that, that, that only people that were there would understand. You know, he might say like, Mm-hmm. Altoona, Iowa, and like look over, and he did, and they do a quick crowd reaction shot to the person that he was messing with earlier, you know, and it's that's not my dachshund. Yeah, right, and it's something that that's that's kind of a cool little touch he does, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, when we were there, uh, we saw, uh, you know, your typical fill-in when somebody bails. Uh, Anderson Cooper was the guest, and he's okay. kind of like. I think he had just done the show like the month before, so I think he's just—he's a guy that's in New York. And hey, our guest mm-hmm. bailed last minute. Anderson, can you do it? And who's going to say no? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, whenever someone bailed out on Conan, it would always be someone who was in house. Oh yeah. So it was like it was always someone from like NBC News. It was like if a guest backed out, they'd bring in like Al Roker or they'd bring in Matt Lauer, or Brian Williams, something, right? Yeah, it's like on okay, a couple of occasions, Meredith Vieira or something right. like that, or Ann Curry. Yeah, that's. That's one guy I always forget about. I used to love Conan O'Brien. Now he's on TBS. He's just lost on my TiVo, on my, uh, on my uh, channel list. You know, list. I, I feel like, I think he had some couple of years in the wilderness, but I'd say bit by bit, I, I feel like he's, he's kind of regaining his mojo. I think so. Uh, he did a bit a couple of months ago called Wicked Bear. I don't think I saw that. Um, you could probably find it online. He did this bit where, um, it was well, I, I was, well, I guess it was like a, a segment like an Act 2 segment where um, I guess there was like some story in the news that someone was developing a teddy bear okay. that through the power of Wi-Fi attaches to Wikipedia. Okay. And, you know, it's like you squeeze like his hand or something like that and he spouts out like random fun facts. <laughs> like if you just say something about Bolivia and then the bear, and the bear will spout like a bunch of fun facts about Bolivia. Are you serious? I don't know if this is something that's ever going to really happen, but... Conan decides to bring out like a, a prototype of the wiki bear, oh, and then the bear starts just going on these like these random tangents. That, that we'll see. Then that makes it a more fun bear. Yes. Like I guess the question was like, what is love? And then the bear goes like on a tangent about the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Oh geez. <laughs> like the Saint Valentine's Day massacre, the Al Capone. Uh, right. Had nothing to do with that one. Right, allegedly. Right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody saw anything. I had a friend of mine. Happy seventy fifth anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what? I, I had a friend of mine who was a big fanatic about that. Now he's he's a listener. Mm-hmm. B Van, if you're out there, uh, and I want to say this is going back a few years, but for his one of his mm-hmm. birthdays, he wanted. Uh, um, uh, I think I think his his girlfriend at the time or somebody got him, the transcripts from the eyewitness accounts of that. Oh wow! Yeah, like copies, obviously not the originals, but mm-hmm. 
the funny even just to have the PDF of that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was really interesting because uh, you know I don't know how many people it was. Let's say it was twenty people. Mm. The interesting thing about it was nobody saw anything. <laughs> right? right. Eyewitnesses that were there at the scene. Nobody saw anything. Yep. And why would you? <laughs> it was just like we were just minding our business, and all of a sudden there was just like hail of gunfire. <laughs> it's just. It's like. I think I think I would have not seen anything as well. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> so, but uh, imagine if that was now. It's just like, oh, I'm just checking my Twitter. Oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, that would probably, but that would probably be a legit. Like everybody's looking at their phones now. Nobody's paying attention to what's going on around them. Myself right. included. I got a ticket. We have now more of an excuse than ever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, I wasn't. I was. I was just uh, checking my Facebook status and. Uh, yeah, I was. I was going to Instagram a bunch of guys just standing in the line with their hands behind their backs. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine, like the Instagram shot before the the gunfire, the hail of gunfire? Yes. Look at, look at all. Look at all of these nice guys with their with their faces up against the wall and their yep. hands behind their back. Yeah. Imagine the Snapchat. What would the hashtag be for that? Yes. <laughs> So, uh, so, so, what else is new, man? What, what do you got going? What's in the works for Stewart? Well, um, I'm kind of taking things a little slower this summer. Yeah. Um, I started a new temp job in early June. That's fun. What, what? That's how I pay the bills. I'm a temp worker. Don't we all? We all have to do something, right? No, the, Pretty much. The fun yeah. Stuff isn't doing it. I mean, yeah. Remember, Tina Fey used to be a waitress. She did. She she was. She was. Look at her now. Yeah. Um, God, can you imagine being the person that like? Waited tables with Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that person is? Still waiting tables. Probably still waiting tables. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in the in the, in the grand scheme of things, there's probably not a whole lot different between the two of them, right? At the end of the day, one's just really talented, and the other mm-hmm. one is really talented at waiting tables, right? Yeah, I suppose. Or right. they go home and they, you know, they catch up with their Netflix. Right. You're not really up to anything much. It's just like. Well, I keep hearing about Bob's Burgers. May as well check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, really, I'm just kind of taking things kind of slow at the moment. That's, I would uh, that's, certainly like to do another one for House of Stewart, but again, that's in the early planning stages. Um, the venue where we actually had our last two runs, two runs out of the three, actually just changed their name. and they're, Really? Yeah, they're actually New putting owners more... New uh, Well, kind of. Um middle of last year an organization called mint moved into the the into the venue studio b and uh mint is if it wasn't already the top musical improv organization in chicago well it certainly is now right and they've i I wouldn't say they've taken over the theater but i would say that their presence looms all over the theater okay not a bad thing um you know, it's you know they don't. There's really no place in Chicago that's like exclusively for musical improv. Right. And um, Stephanie McCullough Vilchek, the uh, woman who runs Mint, okay. basically reached an agreement with the Studio B people, and they changed the name. So it's now I believe it's called MCL Chicago. What is it? MCL. MCL. I kind of like musical Studio B. Musical Comedy Live, Chicago. Boy, I don't know about that. Yeah. When I think MCL, I think of the muscle that ruined Derrick Rose's career. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't understand. Well, or Nerlens Noel. These are people that know far more about it than me. But just as a as as a as a consumer, I don't know that I would put the two together. 
I like Studio B. It was like Studio B E, right? And mm-hmm. that I get it. It's a studio, it's theater, or something like yeah. that. I don't know what is, is it going to be. Is it Studio MCL or just? Uh, I believe it's called MCL Chicago or MC- the MCL Theater. MCL Theater. Um, I mean, not to make fun of it by any means. It's uh, no, no. I'm sure it's an awesome place. Yeah, but I certainly hope I have a, another run there. Yeah, that would be that. That would be. Uh, it's a great space. I haven't been there, and and I'm guilty for not going to your show. I'm one of the one of the one of the jerks that didn't make it out. But um, well, uh, a lot of people were busy in June. It was it was kind of uphill battle getting people to uh, see the show. Right. There was a street festival pretty much going on every weekend at some point in some place in the city. Okay. And then um, it actually occurred to me in April that the last week of my run was the same day as Pride. Okay. Oh. And I'm two blocks away from the parade route. Well, that, so then that's that's big, right? That's huge. There's a lot of traffic. Yes. Okay. So a lot of people walking around in rainbow boas and short shorts and a uh, little bit of glitter, a little bit of body paint. Sure. Um, you know, a very eclectic crowd. You know, they're clearly partying. Right. Um, and I honestly wasn't sure about how many tickets I was going to sell that night. Okay. Um, it ended up being, like, in the low single digits. Okay. Regardless, um, I just figured it was worth a shot. I may as well go out with my satchel and uh, walk down Belmont and hand out promo cards. And and, and just to, to know if – you know what? It's probably for the best because they get pretty hammered at that thing, so – Oh yeah, I mean hammered, baked, what have you. But but sometimes it's a fun just to have more people there. But mm-hmm. at least you get out there. I mean, you can't fault yourself for trying. You know, there's not much more. What oh, else yeah. could you have done? You know. Oh, absolutely. Point? I was. Um, I felt like ticket sales were a little sluggish because of the um, what was kind of going on during the summer. Sure. Or at least during the month of June. So um, as a result, I was a little more aggressive about promoting the show. Right. Right. Does the venue do anything to help you promote, or is it all oh, yeah. 100% uh, on you? Well, when I had my run in February, it was all on me. Right. Because uh, I guess there was because uh, they were supposed to promote on the website. There was a miscommunication. Um, however, we made sure that that was all settled, and you know there were promos for my show on the Studio B website right. when I ran in June. Um, but at the same time, there's so much more going on during the summer, sure. you know, as opposed to you know. It's tough. Of February. There's a lot of out. There's a, there's a lot of festivals. There's a lot of mm-hmm. weekends, especially. The first week I was competing with a festival, pretty yeah. much half a block north of me. Because right. There's the Belmont and Sheffield Festival, or whatever you call that. It's tough. It's tough to get people out. Yeah, I'm doing improv with Flower Shop Bangers, my duo, and I can hear some Journey cover band playing. It's, it may not be the worst thing if you're a Journey fan, I suppose. But it makes it hard to work. That's the way you need it. Anyway, you want it. Speaking speaking of speaking of bands, maybe this is this is a good this is a good segue. (laughs) Steve Perry is a saint. (laughs) Um, At the uh, you know we we've 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 grown our Facebook followers. That's where we do most of our marketing is on Facebook. I just Mm -hmm. it's too much. I don't have an intern. We Bill, Bill and I always say we need interns. You can't um, afford an intern. We can't afford one, even if they're free. You can't give them credit, store credit, or uh, uh, class credit for anything. You can't it doesn't do look on a resume. No, at least not yet. Yeah. I interned for a podcast. Okay. Yeah. I think that <laughs> constitutes more of a volunteer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just kind of hung out with us. Yes. But uh, it just was a be friend cool of my brother around. or something. Right. 
just some dude like even if we just got homeless people just to hang because i think that would at least be interesting right yeah true i mean what's the worst that could happen they'll be pissing in a corner or something or there's right that's i think it's worked for other shows begging you money for a quote-unquote sandwich right right yes (laughs) yikes um but but i'm edgy we we (laughs) we (laughs) we posted uh um we posted on, on on Facebook today, and since you're co-hosting, I'd love to have you chime in. Uh, we asked people if they know of any bands or anybody that's cool that we should be aware of. And one of our followers, one of our Facebook friends, Margaret Butts, she suggested okay. a band uh, named uh, Flynnville Train. Flynnville Train. Flynnville Train. So I'm looking up Flynnville Train. That's... Uh, F L Y N N V I L L E. Take the last train to Flynnville. Right. Meet you at the station. Is it? Is it? Is it really how it goes? That's Clarksville. Clarksville. That's what yes. it is. It's not, I knew it was something Ville. I couldn't remember what it was. So Flynnville train never going down. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a, run a, a runaway train. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it works though. It works. So these guys are from Middletown. Indiana, and uh, I'm going to let you guess. I don't know where Middletown is, but I got to guess. I think it's actually near Naptown. Is it? Indianapolis, yeah. Huh. Sorry. So so Middletown or Middle... Middleton? See, it's spelled T-O-W-N, but maybe it's Middleton. Mm. It sounds like Middletown. It's kind of like how it's spelled Newfoundland, but they pronounce it Newfoundland. Newfoundland, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you were to guess uh, by the name of this band, Flynnville Train, what kind of music would you say they played? Um, I would guess either country or alternative country. Well, you're good, sir. If this is a game show, you would win something. Unfortunately, you just get a blue moon. That's it. Oh, um, that's And you already fine. had that. <laughs> but they are, uh, it looks like a country. It's better than getting a set of steak knives. Right, exactly. Who, who, who uses steak knives I don't anyway? need another set. I just go out to eat. So mm-hmm. we have uh, Flynnville Train. Uh, country, they're rocking country, is what they are. Um, so what we're gonna do is play a little bit of their 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 music here. And it looks like I got something playing somewhere. I just don't know what. Okay. What does this sound? There's a whole lot of stuff messed up. Can I get a name? sound pretty good. I'm not a big country guy, but they, I give it. I give it to them. They sound good. Oh, you can't hear. This is. A, this is. A, I'm gonna knock down the fourth wall here, Stuart. Stuart doesn't have headphones. I didn't give him headphones. We're not there yet. Bill doesn't we wear headphones either. We just don't have either. the technology. Yeah, I just. It's not in the budget. It's not in the it's budget. It's 2014. If anything, this will be regarded as a time capsule. Right. Exactly. But I'm checking them out, and, and they sound. If you like country, you're gonna like these guys. Looks like the singer's got a Brett Michaels hat on. You can see that much at least. Well, they kind of have. They got a pretty good sound. Okay, but does he have the Brett Michaels facelift? <laughs> Alleged facelift, right? Uh, okay, sorry, Botox. <laughs> so I got music coming from somewhere, but I don't know where. Okay. I mean, I, I can imagine the it's like one of those like Brad Paisley like it's like a, like a straw cowboy hat or something. Yeah, I like is it. Is that Brad Paisley? Or is that Keith Urban? Or um, I can't keep track anymore. I th- it's probably both. Maybe more Brad Paisley. Mm-hmm. 
But these guys sound pretty decent. I don't know the name of the song. I just went to their website and music's playing, so it's kind of cool. I don't know where it's coming from, but I don't. I also don't have the greatest computer, but Flynnville Train, check them out. If you Google them, they come right up. So, it's a guitar, man. It's acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah, I, I have to say, though, you know, I, I wish this band nothing but the best. I mean, obviously, I can't hear the audio sample, right. but uh, there's just something about country music now that just I, I feel is kind of like really watered down, way too much pop. Yeah, it's it's. Th- I mean, you look at somebody like Keith Urban or Brad Paisley, or you look at Blake Shelton, and you know that you know it's like they've got a nice house, right? And they probably get like mani pedis, and they probably have like you know serving crew or something like that. David Allen Coe lived in a fucking cave. He did. Literally, a cave. He yeah. Was, that's, that's what country music used to be, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah. literally lived in trailers and huts, and yeah. they literally rode horses. Mm-hmm. Half the time, these country acts don't even wear cowboy hats, so i got to give it to Flynnville Train on that. At least yeah. they got the hats. I'd be curious to know if they know how to use a combine. Right. Or do they even know how to drive a tractor? I yeah. mean, let's be serious. You, can't, you shouldn't be singing country music if you can't drive a tractor. That should be rule right. number one. Merle Haggard was in jail on his 18th birthday, or at least that's how Oki from Usuki goes. <laughs> you know, nowadays, you know, it's like, oh, I got a parking ticket. Let's write a song about that. Oh, uh, that's the thing that drives me nuts about country music. Now, Flynnville Train, mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. I'm not talking about you guys. So don't, don't hate. I don't want to get mm-hmm. hate emails, although hate emails, I mean, bad press is good press. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But country music, the thing that drives me nuts about country music is it's so damn literal. It's so damn, so damn literal. And just like you said, anything that happens, they write a song about. Yeah. It's just word for word. I woke up, I got some coffee, I went out on the porch mm-hmm. and wrote this song. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we don't need, I don't need literal music. Mm-hmm. Let, let me imagine something. It started somewhere in the early 90s. I don't know if it was when Billy Ray Cyrus wrote Achy Breaky Heart or it was when Garth Brooks broke out. I'm thinking Garth Brooks, maybe. I think, yeah, because just like all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden he's writing pop songs. Well, I mean, I guess what I mean to say it has kind of like pop type hooks in country songs. Right. It was almost like a pop song disguised as country. Yeah, yeah. It kind of has the same formula. Next thing you know, you've got all the pyrotechnics at his shows and you've got. And he's not just playing county fairs all of a sudden. He's playing yeah. stadiums. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's a genre I just can never get into. Like, I like mm-hmm. a song here or there. I like a country song. But at the end of the day, I just can't. I couldn't mm-hmm. call myself a country fan. Like, on your iPod or whatever uh, digital music player that you use, mm-hmm. uh, what, what would you find on Stewart's iPod? Um, I would say that at least... I would say maybe about a third of the songs that I have on my iPod are actually jazz. Jazz, like current or old, like Miles Davis stuff? Um, I would say a lot of stuff from like the 50s and 60s, right. you know, a lot of Miles contemporaries. I, I feel more inclined to actually buy Miles Davis CDs. Right. Or at least, you know, try and find some classic vinyl. Right. Um, do, you pl- s- do you play an instrument or is it just, do you just like the sound of it? Because a lot of times people that it's like jazz... It w- like pl- do it because they played an instrument or have played or got into it. I mean, I've always been kind of fond of like organ and guitar jazz. Sure. Uh, you know, listening to someone like say Jimmy Smith or Groove Holmes. Right. Um, 
man, I'm trying to think of other names at the moment. <laughs> right. No, it's tough. There's not a lot of like, there, there's definitely not a lot of names that are like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. mean, there's all sorts of, I mean, if, I mean, Jimmy Smith himself was, may not have been the first jazz organist, but he was certainly the person who popularized playing the Hammond B3 organ right. on the jazz scene. How about and it's, that's pretty much like the first name as far as jazz organ goes. How about uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff? Would you find him in that mix or no? He's kind of jazzy. <laughs> He's about as jazzy as John Stockton. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was good. I think. I think. Um. <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting. Andre like, Karolenko is more jazz than John Stockton. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I think it's kind of interesting though, like that you that that jazz because it's kind of a random thing. How'd you get into jazz? Just like um, parents or friends or. I mean, part of it was curiosity. I mean, I watched a little bit, just a little bit of the Ken Burns miniseries when that aired on PBS when I was in high school. Ken Burns. Ken Burns Jazz. Yeah. Yes. But um, I guess it was when I was working in public radio about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, For those of you who aren't from Chicago, there are two public radio stations. Um, There's obviously 91.5 WBZ, but that's talk public radio i think that's right up the road here actually um i think i have something at navy pier oh, yeah. do they? oh okay or something like that and then there's also um 90.9 fm wdcb which is where i worked okay and um that's the music public radio station so did you what was your role there what did you do i was a student aide and a board operator okay so you did board op stuff did you get on air at all or um, exactly once, and that's actually a story in itself. Um, around May 2004 or so, I uh, basically got caught up in a special some of the specialty programming. There was the Sunday morning New Age show. Okay. And I would say, I would say without question, maybe the only New Age radio show in Chicago. I would probably agree with that statement. <laughs> Um, well, actually, I guess technically there's two because there's also a syndicated New Age show that would air immediately after. Sunday mornings at 5 a.m. when right. people are always tuning into the radio. Uh, and it's, you know, New Age ambient music. Right. So it's like, you know, one chord every 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, <laughs> with, they like the big, what are the, what's the big, uh, the, the big giant guitar with like the two strings? <laughs> oh yes, right. Not like a sitar, but yeah, yeah. That's what I think a sitar. Maybe that's uh, what I think. We played a little bit like of like, like solo sitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like a lot of synthesizers, guitars. Right. New um, age man. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, play some George Winston. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Whoa, <laughs> man, that Will Ackerman track was hot. Did you get callers? Like, would would it be like five in the morning? So you're playing this stuff. Uh, like you said, it's a hot time. That's it's almost morning drive, right? Almost. Uh, on a Sunday morning. Well, if you're driving to church, church maybe an early service. Um, <laughs> it's possible. Somebody's listening. If there's in a radio your, show in Chicago, yeah, somebody's listening. You know, you're just randomly driving around your late '80s model pickup truck. Right. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. With your long hair, receding hairline. Gosh, you know somebody was turning that up like this is my jam, or somebody was just like meditating to it or right. something to that effect. Um, but what happened was, uh, I mean, I wasn't—I uh, was basically the guy who was just like 
had to pretty much just like learn about new age music from scratch because I was pretty much choosing the music that was being played on the show. Right. And it's well, cool that they let, that you got to choose it anyway. Yeah. But the guy who was hosting Showtime was very liberal about using my playlist. Okay. Um, he felt more inclined to play more of what he wanted to play. Okay. Um, this gentleman passed away about five years ago. I don't want to speak ill will of the man. But right. A centric fellow. And there was one week where he actually couldn't do the show. He had some pre-planned thing he had to attend to one weekend, and they couldn't find anyone else to host the show. So I ended up driving out to Glen Ellen uh, to make sure I was there by 4.30 in the morning to host a live show at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Right. Nice. Like any good boy would do. Well, that you think? Are you thinking on your way in? Like this is my chance. This is my shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, it, the struggle is trying to find my like new age voice. Right. Oh yeah, let's hear a little of it. Give me a give me a song. Let me see if I can find, find a new age song. Okay. Or just maybe just like something where they like they basically play the same chord for forty five seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anything like that on an organ or a we could do like a, a little. We'll do a little. Fr- this is kind of. At least the beginning of uh, "Relax" by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Maybe we'll do that one, <laughs> right? That's that's got like a forty-five second intro of just noise. So <laughs> let me hit this up now again. Stuart's working at a disadvantage because he can't hear it. Right. But I'm gonna play it up and I'll try. And it's also Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Right. Right. So let's hear that new age voice. You are listening to Sounds Ethereal on 90.9 FM, WDCP Glen Ellen. That was the Ireland Harp Ensemble with Tuscany. (laughs) Uh, Coming up, we have Lynn Ackerman, as well as Phoebe's in the (laughs) back. Just a reminder that the Mackinac Arts Center We'll be hosting a pottery fair this coming weekend, uh, May 17th and 18th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Uh, It's free to the public. For more details, go to cod.edu slash mac. That is painful. But you worked on it, and that's kind of the bit, though. That's the bit. That's the personality you have to have to fit the theme. You can't come in like morning morning show guy, like... Mm -hmm. Coming at you, you know, it's it's kind of the personality you have to you have to mm-hmm. you have to take. And uh, at the same time, we also had uh, there's a lot more like syndicated canned program programming that was airing on the station at the time, and they actually had a what I guess you would call maybe like a new age talk show. Sure. Called New Dimensions that aired on Sunday afternoons, like several hours after uh, the new age show, our new age show, <laughs> right. and. I would say the whole show was just incredibly lilting. Right. Um, Dr. Rosenbaum. Oh, boy. You've been swimming with the dolphins for 22 years. <laughs> what does it feel like to have touched their souls? Come on. That's that's what it was? That's tough. So, so, so I'm trying to paint a, pen, uh, a mental image here. So you... Mm-hmm. You get the phone call. Stuart, are you awake? Is it one of those, like, they wake you up? Stuart, are you awake? Oh, they told me about two days in advance. All right, so you knew ahead of time. So, like, yeah. all right, Stuart, you got two days to prepare. We need you to fill in for 
um, for Dr. Demento or whatever the guy's name is, right? Right. So um, he got Still Bill. Yeah. <laughs> you got two days to prepare and uh, bring your A game. This is your shot, kid. Right. So you're probably, are you calling friends? Are you, are you looking in the mirror, <laughs> practicing your voice? Are you, uh, how excited uh, are you? You're like, this is it. I can't I finally get off the board. I'm practicing my voice. I'm, I don't recall if I really told anyone outside of my immediate family. Sure. Because it's 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Right. You know, chances are people are. That's appointment are, radio. That is appointment radio. Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> people are working off their hangovers. Right. You know, they're clearly, you know, somewhere at the point where they've had a regrettable hookup Ooh. and they've woken up to someone that they regret hooking up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is then that kind of that seven, eight, nine hour period. Uh, obviously, you know it's been a couple hours after the bars closed. And, right. Uh, what I found strange is that you know I hosted the show. I, you know, it's like I felt like I did a fine job of picking the music that week. Sure. But I did not get any feedback at all. Really, from nothing. anyone the ne- from that the uh, the next day. Well, probably it was probably one of those instances where nobody listened, even the the people from the station. It was just probably yeah. We didn't have uh, digital recording equipment at the sure. time. Oh, so you couldn't you couldn't get a tape. Yeah, I couldn't. Get, yeah, I couldn't even get on a cassette tape, no less. Yeah. yeah. Um, because nowadays there are a lot of stations that um, you know record air checks. Right. Absolutely. You know, subsets and you know pre-sells, back sells, and you know, it's like the moment that the the mic turns on. You know, there's somewhere in the other part of the of the building. There's a a computer that's basically playing like Adobe Audition or Coolet or right, Soundform right. or something like that, and is actually recording, just automatically recording your stop sets. Right. And the station at the time was just like gradually transitioning into that type of equipment. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, well, public radio, they're not gonna. And public radio, and this is 2005. Right. Right. I think they were still using mini discs at that time. We were, we relied very heavily on music to mini discs. Yeah, yeah. That Actually, was one of my favorite things of like obsolete technology. I, it's a shame mini discs really just didn't catch on. And there was a real small window there because I remember when I went to broadcasting yeah. school. That, that's yeah. where they were teaching us, and mm-hmm. and it was just one of those things that was like the radio station that I interned at. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't use mini discs, and mm-hmm. I just don't think it took off I, I i don't think enough radio stations use them there was probably a handful but yeah it, what a, what an interesting technology though and it's a smaller station too so of course it's going to be like a year behind or two as far as the technology goes right we did have like some i guess what you would consider early digital equipment okay um i remember when i would do the tours for the cub scouts because that was another one of my responsibilities at the station Oh, I used to show off a, ma- a machine where you could quote unquote see sound. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, not necessarily any, like a program like Cool Editor or Adobe Audition, but actually a machine where there was like like a little monitor where you could actually kind of see like sound levels. Right, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. And that's how we would record like promos, liners. Sure. If you wanted to just, just record like sound effects or anything like that because one of our. Um, on-air personalities would, you know, just play like just like little sound effects in his show. Sure, sure. Intermittently, you know, it didn't rely at on like it was like a morning zoo or anything like that. But right. He'd had like a, like a stash of sound effects. So he's already a step up from this show, as you can tell. Sitting in for mm-hmm. your first, uh, your your first 
episode. I hope you get to do it again. But um, sure. we have no production on this show whatsoever. Zero production. And, and it's not for anything other than I'm just too lazy to do it. <laughs> that's all it is. But that's, yeah. So, so why did you get away from it? Why Was it just, just something that you didn't really see much of a future in? Or uh, Well, actually, I was doing radio for about 10 and a half years. Are you serious? Yeah, 10 and a half, maybe 11 years. How did I, I not know this? Well, that's actually the industry I was in before I, I started doing improv. Um, I was at my high school station for all four years. Yeah. I took Radio 1 in high school. You had a high school that had a radio station? I had a high school that had some radio station. We actually shared the station with the other school in our district. Sure. Uh, WDGC 80.3 FM. It's, um, I want to say, 250-watt station based sure. on... That's obviously Downers Grove. And uh, on alternating days, we'd either be broadcasting from Downers North or Downers South. Wow. That's cool, man. That's a, What a cool high school. I did some... I'm jealous because I always wanted to get into radio, and I paid like ten grand to go to broadcasting school, mm-hmm. and now I'm doing podcasts. I never did anything with it. And then um, I went to uh, community college first, and okay. I, that's how I found out about WDCB. It's just like uh, I was looking for work, and it just so happens that I was walking from class one day on West Campus, and I saw that WDCB had their camp had their offices on West Campus, and I fill out a job application. Did you have to, was there a certain way you had to say the call letters? WDCB, <laughs> right? Nothing nothing like that? Something like... <laughs> nothing like that. I mean, they're pretty much just looking for extra help. Right. Um, obviously not anything where, unlike my high school station where it's, you know, obviously the goal is to be on air, and you right. had your own hour and a half show on at any given point in the week, whether it was a weeknight or a Saturday afternoon. Right. DCB, obviously a more professional station, professional in manner and they're just looking for student aides because it's a professional station right and they just happened to be on the campus of a community college that needed student help you know people that would come in for at most 20 hours a week right right you know, do some data entry clerical answer phones board op that's pretty wild so so were you so you're probably like there again trying to figure out your personality because an hour and a half is oh, yeah. a lot of time to fill at the high school station oh and, yeah and i don't know i mean I, I assume that you're playing music and reading liner cards and stuff oh right? almost exclusively music right. i mean you really outside of like one segment i would do in the show you really barely got any grasp of my personality really i, I would do a review of like tv shows like at about like the um, at the 35 minute point okay yeah were you able to pick your own music at least or you, oh yeah was, yeah, oh, yeah that's it, was, cool. it was kind of a I, would you call it like I don't know if you would call it a free format, but it sure. considered itself a rock station, but it was like an all-encompassing rock station. That's at least they were at least they give you that freedom, mm-hmm. because otherwise played, what are you learning? And I played classic rock on my show. You know, it was like exclusively classic rock. I was like a purist about it. You know, it's like I was not going to play a whole lot that was eighties. God forbid right. any nineties. Did you? Uh, were you? Were you good at hitting the post, as they say in the biz? That's something that you always gotta like work to pr- to uh, to hit the hit that post. Yeah, no, I, I would say I hit the post a couple of times. Yeah, you know, I was it's serviceable. Tough. It's tough to hit. Like some of them have the countdown. Some of the mm-hmm. like the audio vaults now they have like the countdown, so you know like all right, the post is coming here, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that's it's changed a lot. Even just in the ten years, you know, you said like ten years ago. That's mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, because at my high school station from '99 to '03. I had no idea he had that much radio background. I don't know why I have Bill on the show. He doesn't know anything about radio. But he's oh, a pre- okay. But he's a pretty face. He's and I'm only telling face. you the first half of my story. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Bill, Bill flies airplanes, though. 
Even though he's not oh, here. Oh, that's, that's he, actually really fascinating. Isn't it? It was, it was like four episodes in, I found out he flew airplanes. Like, hmm. How do I not know this? And this guy's your best friend? No, he's 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 a he's he's a good friend. Uh, mm. But I met him through another friend, so it okay. just so happened he's like in our group of people. He was a kind you of. You can admit it. You can say you met him on Grinder. Right, I met him on Grinder. He was 500 feet away from you, and he had nothing going on Friday night. That's right. That's right. And it worked. It worked. But he's like the one guy out of the group that I thought would be a good fit, and he's he's really truly. Amazing guy, very creative, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I've only met him once, but yeah. it certainly comes across that way. Yeah, he's he's a he's a cool guy, and he's he doesn't have like um, he doesn't have the 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 comedy background, but I I think that he's his sense of humor is a guy that's like I think I think his his timing and he's just got a, he's a hilarious guy. He really is. It's mm-hmm. like a perfect fit, but uh, and for a guy that's never done radio before. He did extremely well. Mm-hmm. And for a guy that's done radio for, for 10 years, I mean, you obviously knew what you were talking about. You were mm-hmm. throwing some, some terms out there that I was like, this guy knows a little something about radio. Interesting. I didn't know that you went that deep. Yeah, it's, uh, I was, I don't know if you would call myself a survivor, but uh, <laughs> um, the last radio gig I had, I was, um, I worked for a cluster of stations in Uncle Village. Okay. I won't say who because I, I don't want to say anything incriminating. Right. But I was unceremoniously replaced. I'll put it that way. Oh. It was a part-time position. Okay. And around January 2010, they decided that because I was basically manning the front desk right. 25 hours of the week, they needed someone who was going to be at the front desk you know, all day. Right. You know, not just like, oh, we'll just let you in the side entrance before 12 o'clock. Right. However, because the company was an equal opportunity employer, sure, I had to reapply for my own job. Oh my gosh! Yes, so I was informed in mid-January. I had my interview um, for a job you already had. Yes, the fir- the second Monday in February. It was February eighth. I was told that they would make a decision in a couple of weeks. Right. Nothing happened. I was just I just kept working, just kept chugging along. Then I discovered that on the website where they had put the job listing, Radio Industries website, sure, they had reposted the position. Oh my gosh! And they did it twice, at least twice. And then finally, on April thirtieth, two and a half months after the interview, they decided they go with another candidate. Another can You already were working. You were doing the job already. Exactly. What? And the- he decided to go with someone else. Come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, complete BS. Unbelievable. Yeah. We should slam them. Oh, yeah. We should just slam them. Well, Let's... I think I should just just slam the person that fired me, oh, really. Oh, yeah, who's the person? We won't say last names. Let's just say first name. Uh, We'll just call her Debbie. Debbie. Debbie is an asshole, and I could say that Yeah. because it's not defamation of character. You can call somebody an asshole or a prick. You can't call them a liar. Because that's, that's defamation. So. Debbie was duplicitous. Debbie never b- really bothered to get to know me. Right. Okay. These are all facts. Yeah. You know, um, I always found Debbie distant and unpleasant. Right. And here's the kicker. The guy who they replaced me with didn't even last a year. It's it's asinine. Yeah. There's, there's been a whole carousel of people at my position ever since. Nice. Yeah. And now... now, now so we know for a fact she fucked up. Right. What a dipshit. Yeah. Debbie is a dipshit. 
I'll say that. I'll say that all day. What kind of an asshole does that? So you have a guy working, showing up to work. Mm -hmm. I could see if you were, like, late or missing a lot of work or whatever. Yep. But you're showing up to work, doing your job, and they just got to complicate things. Mm -hmm. And with some bullshit excuse that... Oh, we have to uh, we have to have you reapply because we're an equal opportunity employer. And we have too many white people or whatever it is. I, I was don't know consistently what it is, 10, 15 minutes early for work every day. You know, if need be, I could stick around until 5:30 if things weren't finished because right. I was doing uh, traffic and continuity. You know, it's obviously a position where it's not like you never really feel finished at the end of the day. Right, right, right. It's a, it's it's a never-ending job for sure. Pretty much. Unbelievable, Debbie. You are an idiot. You're a dumbass. For letting go of Stuart. Now look at him. Now he's producing shows. Mm-hmm. He's writing. Stu News. We didn't even talk about Stu News. I know That's we talked right. about it last My time. My Facebook page. Yeah. It's two words. S-T-U-N-E-W-S. Love it. Make sure to quote unquote like it on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Stu News. And uh, I tell you, it, great one-liners. You Total mon- monologue jokes mm-hmm. all day long. Um, what do you average? One a day? Two a day? Um, one every other? Yeah, I'd say about six a week. Yeah, yeah, so you're right there. And I pretty much post them like Monday through Friday. Right. Well, they, they, do they just come to you? Like when you see something like LeBron James goes back to Cleveland, you're like, are you teeing up? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like <laughs> I've, I've got to think of something, man. Right. And it's like there's a major news story. I mean, you've got to find some angle on it. Well, I like I like the you're a little edgy, too, with Stu News. You kind of push it. You, you don't work blue that I've seen. Um, I only sparingly work blue. Right. So, so when I when I see something like the Malaysian airline that just got shot down, is that something that you just shy away from on principle alone? I know just Jason Biggs didn't do that. Um, I mean, so far I haven't done anything that implicitly mentioned right. the, either of the Malaysian Airlines plane crashes. Um, there was actually a, a joke that I, I wrote in April. I just, I guess, I just because there was just, I had like a surplus of jokes at the time sure. that I just never got around to posting it. Um, Do you ever run into like you're gonna post and you're like, ooh, I don't know, man, I don't. This is kind of. Well, like... it was only tangentially about uh, Malaysian Airlines. Right. Uh, around the time, Courtney Love claimed that she had found. Oh yeah, I remember that. Where the plane was. Yes, I remember that clearly. It's like she found that, but not her dignity. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a whole nother train wreck there with her. But and 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 who? How does it grow legs? How does that story grow legs? That Courtney Love found Malaysian Airlines. Well, how did CNN make everything, every aspect of the story breaking news? Oh, it was, and and it, now they're at the point. That's a whole nother topic too. But mm-hmm. now they're at the point where they don't even have to. It doesn't even have to be true. Anything mm-hmm. they they can put breaking news, and they put a statement out there with a question mark after it and now it's breaking news there, there's no legitimacy to it at all so it could be like it'd be like Russians shot down the Malaysian airplane question mark you know and it's like you wait for the commercial and you come back and they have nothing to do about it. and that. they bring in like Yakov Smirnov or something yeah yeah, yeah. right the vegetable medley yeah it's that's a horrible impression but I don't do impressions Stuart I don't do impressions but it's my downfall in, in improv is that I just don't do characters. But. No, I, I would say I have kind of like a limited arsenal of characters. I mean, I mean, I can do voices, yeah. but at the same time, it's, you know, it's trying to find like physicality in the characters. Right. 
by the way, if you're hearing music in the background, it's uh, live, acu- live acoustic music on Wednesday nights here at Edison Park. And I should plug that. Half price pizzas on Wednesday nights and acoustic music. And the guy, the guy sounds good right from what I can hear. He sounds really good. 6715 North Olmstead in Chicago, 60631. Uh, it's Chicago. Um, not far from Northwest Highway. No, not far from Northwest Highway, not far from the train, but pretty far from Stewart's house. So <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time. And and you waited, which was a very kind of you. Cause I had a half-off pizza, man. It was just like, yeah. hey, I'm here. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you sitting in. I think we can probably wrap her up. Um, but I don't want to cut off the idea of the uh, of of the the impressions and characters and mm-hmm. stuff. So you have a few a few voices that you do. Do you have like your go tos? Like I would find myself doing like I got a go to kind of guy that mm-hmm. it's not far off from what I normally do. Uh, well, one that I've been kind of working on as far as like doing like my quote unquote five right. is John Travolta at a bris. Oh, can we hear a little bit of John Travolta at a bris? I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh, look what they're doing to his little helmet. <laughs> I can really picture John Travolta saying that. It's a funny thing. It's like that's what I would picture him saying at a bris. <laughs> I was invited by my friend, Vagina Pretzel. <laughs> and we've come full circle with the pretzels. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, Stu. Uh, Stuart, anything else you got you would like to promote or talk about before uh, we call yes. it a wrap? Yes, uh, I play at One Group Mind. My house team, Kelly Machiavelli, plays alternating Friday nights. Our next shows are August 1st, 15th, and 29th. Nice, nice. And where can we find that? Is that, uh, we look on, on well, Facebook? Well, right now or? it's in Wrigleyville on the corner of Newport and Sheffield. Oh, perfect. Newport and Sheffield. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yep, uh, about a quarter block, not a quarter block, but a quarter mile south of Wrigley. There you go. Go to the show. Find a place afterwards to hang out. There's plenty around there. Uh, Stuart, thank you so much again for filling in, and I apologize for the wait. Hopefully. Oh, no worries. You're so. most welcome. Happy to be here. So I guess that's our time. That's our time, man. We can cut it. We can cut it loose, and then uh, I guess um, don't do anything I wouldn't do. I've got my razor. I've got my tape. There we go. <laughs> All right. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>